0: Hi, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Welcome to the first episode of Dinners on Me, a show where I get to do two of my favorite things, talking and eating. Okay, yeah, it's not that complicated. But please, join me. I am going to some of the hottest restaurants in Los Angeles and New York. I'll have conversations with old friends. I'll have conversations with new friends. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff, mental health, relationships, imposter syndrome. And today, we'll talk a little bit about modern family, among other things, because I have my on-screen sister, Julie Bowen.
1: I don't understand how I got in the comedy, but I used to be the crier. Yeah. I was yeah. like a good, solid crier.
0: You're gonna wanna stick around for this. Support for today's episode comes from Hexclad. I hosted the James Beard Awards um, twice, actually. I'm I'm not bragging, I'm just telling the truth. And Hexclad is the official cookware of the James Beard Foundation. So I was so happy to hear there are Dinners on Me sponsors. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with an all in one hybrid pan that gives you the convenience and cleanup of nonstick, the versatility of your grandma's cast iron, and the durability to last a lifetime. Whether you want to make that perfect steak dinner on date night or ditch that greasy pan from your college apartment, Hexclad has you covered. James Beard celebrates incredible chefs annually with their prestigious awards that I have had the privilege of handing out. Again, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. And it's no surprise that Hexclad is their official cookware. They are a chef's dream, and I I just, I love cooking with them. I feel so professional when I do. Hexclad also has a lifetime warranty. These are literally the last set of pots and pans you will ever have to buy. Trust me when I say your partner, your family, and all your dinner guests will thank you. So, chef, now is the time to upgrade that kitchen. For a limited time only, our listeners get 10% off their order with an exclusive link. Just head to hexclad.com slash JTF. Support our show and check them out at hexclad.com forward slash JTF. Bon appetit. Let's eat with Hexclad's revolutionary cookware. Now, I have to say Republic laid out their restaurant brilliantly. When you walk through the front doors, you have to walk past a pastry case at the front. Like, can you imagine if there were just donuts at your front door? I mean, you have to have them. I mean, to walk by would just be rude, right? There's always a line, which makes sense because Republic is known for their pastries. Chef Margarita Mansky, she's been nominated for eight consecutive years for James Beard Awards in the outstanding pastry chef category. There is this... Electric energy as you stand there, crowded shoulder to-shoulder, trying to figure out what you want as you inch closer and closer to the register. for your pastries while: Should we get the Brioche or the bambolini? Oh my God, that's crostata. It's overwhelming. Sometimes there's barely anything left by the time lunch rolls around. Today, I did not come early, and I knew I really wanted some pastries, so I asked them if they could set a few aside. I mean, who doesn't love breakfast for dinner, right? This is Dinner's On Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I've spent so many meals with Julie, but to be fair, a lot of those meals were not really that exciting. They were salads from the salad bar or M&Ms from craft service. They they were really special moments though. Uh, That's how we all got to know one another, just over these breaks in our work days. And with Julie, she was my on-screen sister, but honestly, she's evolved into what feels like a real sister. So I asked Julie to brave a torrential rainstorm in Los Angeles to chat with me And by the way, a Spanish revival building commissioned by Charlie Chaplin in 1928. Let's hope he's not haunting this recording. Julie and I get into a lot, how a modern family changed our lives, her ideal man, and how I met my husband, Justin, which was not in a steam room. I just want to emphasize that we were both fully clothed but we were at the gym. So without further ado, Julie Bowen. So Julie and I sat in a dining area on the second floor of the restaurant. It was a a private space that they, they made just for us. It's a room located behind a long glass wall where the wine cellar for the restaurant is located. i brought you to Republic. Have you been here before?
1: I thought I had, but it turns out when I walked in, I have not.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: It's like a medieval chapel.
0: What I find interesting, because I used to come here all the time, because Justin lived, worked right on the corner, and uh, we would always have lunch here, and he's constantly on paleo diets, Yes. and they're very famous for their pastries, Yes. she's actually been nominated for eight consecutive James Beard Awards. For your pastries? For her pastries alone, and I've never had one, because Justin's like, we're having salad. And for those who don't know what the James Beard Awards are, they're basically the Oscars of the, the culinary fans, world. Even
1: I know that, and I know lot, nothing. Lots of people don't about food. I, I was like, all this food talk <laughs> is lost on me. I'm like, I am know it's it, so lost on it's me. It's so
0: ironic that this is Howard. We're, we're seeing each other after I don't know a few a few months because I've shared a few meals with you, but they're usually just on the set of. When we're yeah. From modern family. But it's
1: usually a plastic fork. Yeah, yeah. In like some sort of like to go dish. Is this like a prank show where at the end I pay? Yes. Oh, I'm just wondering.
0: No, no. Dinner's on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. How are you? Hi.
1: How are you? It's really good. Oh, thank interview. you. Thank you. Thank you. My name you. is Oswago. I'm the server for today. Uh, and the back is the the drinks.
0: Oh, okay. Thank
1: like you. With the water, still water, ice water. I would love a sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, water. yeah. Uh, that's me too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The chef, a uh, selection, couple of on the table. Okay. This one is uh, you select this croissant, sweet croissant. Sweet croissant. This yeah. one is a yeah. sweet croissant that they mushed, to, like put it into a, um, a, like a muffin tin. It's muffin tin by the croissant style. Did you make these? The chef. <laughs> <laughs> well you can this try really delicious pastries. Yeah,
0: you know, I've heard so much about them okay, I've never been look incredible. to try them yeah.
1: okay, bring the sparkling water. thank, thank you. you so much thank you what are you going to eat are you um, really going to eat is this going to have like lots of food chewing
0: yeah maybe some mouse sounds oh I've, okay so I've heard the chia seed pudding is amazing mm-hmm. um, even though it's something I would never get I might want to try it um, what would
1: you eat if Justin hadn't guided you onto the path of the paleo <laughs> and the keto and the, what was the other one? There was some Ooh. other diet that you guys did. The
0: Mediterranean, What was mm, it? I don't know. It was it juice remember. cleanse? Was it called juice cleanse? Because we did that one.
1: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Part of us, you know, like, I, I see my parents ailing. and I was like, okay, I want to, like, take better care of myself than they did. I want to make sure I'm I'm around, especially, you know, being a new dad. So I'm like, what are some of the things I can do that feel like I'm actively, like, working toward being around and being present and being strong for them. I mean, getting up at seven in the morning or 6.30 in the morning and even just ha- having a little bit of a hangover is so brutal well, now.
1: That's when you said when, you, when we met so when we met, I was eight months pregnant with the twins. Yes. And um, so I obviously wasn't drinking. And then anything that robbed me of my morning, because yeah. the mornings are so rough. When you have three little kids, you get two. It's so hard. So anything with a hangover was off the table. So I right. really didn't drink for years. Right. I was awful. Um, because you get up at how many times? Well, I'm, you have that.
0: It's different for me now because I don't have that job every day. But, right. like, but I, I, I do think a lot about like... So Beckett's about the age that our oldest Oliver was, was yeah. when we started. How old like is now? Three in uh, July.
1: Oh, Oliver was two and a half.
0: Okay, so yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's yeah. Like two and a half now. It's, so. a,
1: it's a lot.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, and then Sully, my newest, is yeah. four months old. So like, you know, around this, the same age. I don't know how you actually got yourself out of bed and got to work and were present and were good and like kind of had your shit together when you had kids that age, like I'm, I'm struggling, and I don't have that job that's so time consuming.
1: It wasn't as much fun for me. I remember in those early days of Modern Family. You were always going off to like the Monaco <laughs> Film Festival, like any sort of boondoggle trip, because yeah. they would send us places. Only I could never go because I had the little kids. You and Ty couldn't go. And. Ty, well, Ty did try to go work and then realized that was, you know, Not that was as a lot. Well, yeah. oh, I couldn't go anywhere. Then at the end of the day, you've been up since five, and then you've got to go home, and there's three kids in diapers who are hysterically happy to see you, but also hysterical. Yeah. Like the noise and the chaos. And variably, your spouse partner is going to be like, you take them. Right. Because they're done.
0: Yeah, you know, the grass is always greener because I looked at you and Ty in those early days and I thought, oh, what a great time to actually start a family when you have this incredible job security mm-hmm. that we would never have as actors. And I get granted, at the time, we didn't know that this was going to go for 11 right. years. But, like,
1: right.
0: you know, I decided to do it when it was all ending. And I was yeah. like, oh, God, I don't have a job. Right, <laughs> right. How has it been for you to morph into this other career, I mean, I'm, you're producing things, so that's obviously you got to like, sort of take the reins in that way, but like, I mean, stuff must take you out of town.
1: It does sometimes, and I don't love it, and yeah. I've turned down stuff, because I don't want to be out of town long term. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to go for a, a month, or if it's somewhere where I could take the kids with right. me, but when they're like, yeah, this is going to, it's a TV show, it shoots in Atlanta, I'm just like, no, no, can't, no. I'm not doing, I, I'm not going to do a TV show in Atlanta, They're like, will you come back on the weekends? I, I've tried that. Mm-hmm. I, during Modern Family, I did a movie in Atlanta. It was a nightmare. Yeah. So, no, I do wonder if maybe I'm I'm not done. I want to act.
0: Like, what would it be that would make you say, okay, I have to take this opportunity? Would it be like Spielberg calling? Or would it I be- mean, if a
1: fucking cocaine bear came and <laughs> reached at me, I, there was a bear with cocaine in the woods.
0: That took me away for three months, and I was in Ireland.
1: That was three months.
0: No, no, no. Sorry, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Can you imagine?
1: I was like, I mean, Jess, you were not, great, but you work in I all of it. i was like,
0: 15 <laughs> minutes of it. But I was coming on the heels of another job that right. was, I was in. Um, you did the Canada, the, the kids, for, book. the kids, the Ivy and Bean. Yeah. So it was like consecutive, like six. Weeks away.
1: Yeah, that is not convenient when you've got little kids. It can drive a big wedge between you and the old partner. Yeah,
0: I mean, Justin came along with me to Ireland, so that like kind of made things a little bit easier for him. And his mom took over, which right. thank God we have family that lives close. But you know, when I was doing the play in, in, in New York, I was on Broadway for four months in the spring, and then took a hiatus and did it again in the winter. Like he, that was really really hard. It on your
1: hiatus, you what did something happen? What do you oh, mean? Oh, you won a Tony.
0: Oh. I- <laughs> So I did. For I you. did win a Tony.
1: I know. You did win that Tony. You deserve that Tony, too. And when I saw the play, I'm like, mm, I get it. Totally I
0: was um, just listening to the, your episode of Quitters that you recorded with uh-huh. um, Tony Hale. Uh-huh. And you guys both talked about winning awards and how that messed with your head, like kind of realizing that there isn't, it doesn't mean anything. It
1: doesn't, yeah, well. it doesn't it doesn't guarantee a seat at the happy table. No. And always thinking about the next thing. That's what Tony was so interesting yeah. about. Like, he was talking a lot about how the While you're doing something, you're thinking about the next thing, and that's no way to really engage in life.
0: I am going to dig into one of these and just try it.
1: I I want to try that. that. What what did you say? It was kiwi?
0: Yeah, there's something kiwi in here. I
1: I don't know that I've ever had a kiwi croissant. I spent some time in Paris, and I brought back, I thought somehow I could bring croissant back for my family Uh in Baltimore. And chocolate truffles yes well the croissant obviously like didn't make the trip at all but i packed the truffles away for christmas and when i i wrapped them up and i gave in my sister i wasn't looking when she opened them she said oh truffles and she bites in and she screams it, they were chocolate dark chocolate but i look over and they're white they had gone white with mold you can't no. keep a chocolate truffle <laughs> in a box under your bed for like for four months, no, from July to December. And she's like, and I was like.
0: She, she tried it.
1: She thought they were white, you know, because oh, sometimes no. you get the white truffles. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. How is this?
0: It's good, it's really good. The crust oh, part, the, the, the part on the top is kind of Oh my god, amazing. Mm, that's um,
1: crack. That is really so good.
0: good. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. Next up, Julie and I talk about defining your career after being on such a long-running show and why a life of crime is so alluring. Oh, and by the way, that wasn't a kiwi croissant. No, it was was called a queen amon. Yeah, we don't speak French pastry, apparently. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying, something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more.
1: Sad? Lonely? Dating life in the dumps? Want to spice things up? Well, me? I'm Nicole Byron. and I host the podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? See, listen, I have been single my whole dang life and I can't figure out why. So on my podcast, I talk to comedians, actors, dating professionals, and even ex-lovers to discuss their dating life and figure out my own. We cover things like app dating, first date horror stories, sexcapades gone wrong. Truly, nothing is off the table. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, there's something fun for everyone. Subscribe and listen to Why Won't You Date Me with me,
0: Nicole Byer, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with more Dinners on Me. You caught me and Julie reminiscing about the time we got lost at the Emmy Awards. Uh, we also gossip a bit about Eric Stone Street, who played my husband Cam on Modern Family. I do remember the story of us not being able to figure out how to get out of the, sh- the auditorium the year we did not win for the first time.
1: Oh, yeah, because we had gotten so arrogant. We didn't know yes. how to get out. We didn't know how to actually exit. Because
0: when you win, but some people know, some people don't, is that you get swept backstage to do press. And so you go through all these different um, rooms where, you know, there's different press people and photo shoots and then you get taken to the the governor's ball which is you know a block away or something and um we were lucky enough to win five years in a row and that would happen every time I also remember one time I brought my mother I was like mom if we win we're ru- you gotta right, we rush always the, the stage yeah,
1: the plan, like how to get out so we don't if get we separated
0: from our loved ones it's like if we win you gotta run up on the stage with us after the commercial breaks we're gonna go backstage and you know she ended up like kind of being so nervous about losing us, she kind of fell onto the Emmy Awards stage. I was like, "Oh gosh, here we go. This is
1: it's very it's very post-apocalyptic." Yes. Really, our our experience at the Emmys it's basically the Last of Us. <laughs> yes. Like, where do we go? How how will we get out of this place? There's no oh, one left.
0: But the year we did not win, um, we were trying to find the exit, and we actually went to the wrong door, and they were like barred shut and everyone was like no you idiots that way
1: we ne- and we, we never lost
0: no it didn't no. did.
1: and then we had we got a taste of the losers pie
0: yeah and then every year after, after that, that you just kind of get moved closer and closer to the side and,
1: and we, we lost a, a little base. more Yeah, yeah, yeah. did you didn't just lose the same amount you <laughs> lost a little
0: more <laughs> the
1: seats got worse and you didn't shift it <laughs> yeah. off and then you're like behind someone's big hairdo yeah well we had was, a good
0: run though it was, it was a good run. it was
1: really fun always fun i got to meet you and eric Eric's in town, isn't he?
0: Is he now? Actually I don't know.
1: He's doing some TV show. He hasn't called me. He
0: hasn't called me Should we either. Smack
1: talk him because he's yeah, didn't
0: Absolutely. College? Oh, I did read that he's doing something. Yeah. I'll give him a call and see if he's I know he's building a house in Kansas, which is making him very happy.
1: You know what's crazy? Do you think Eric they would cast Eric now as gay? You know, a lot of people ask me that question. I and I Well then don't if I'm boring
0: you. No, so no, so no, what? no. I I don't I don't answer it a lot. I think if you ask Eric, he would say no. In fact, I know he would say no because we've had this conversation.
1: Oh, okay. And I know that not because he's not wildly talented, he is no, the I just, fantastic. No, I
0: just don't think we're in a moment right now where
1: that feels like representation. that's the right choice.
0: But at the same time, it's tricky because he's a part of pop culture history. Yeah. And I don't think anyone could imagine Mitch and Cam without him as Cam. So it's like, you know, he also delivered a really hilarious. Nuanced, if you ask me, performance because I I know he based that character off of his mother and like I Mm -hmm. found you know getting to see it up close every day I found a lot of nuance in that character and he would always kind of check in with me to make sure like he was on the right track and finally it's like you need to stop doing that because you're doing a really great job and I
1: didn't know he did that
0: yeah which you know he he was I knew that the
1: rest of the writers and everything needed your gay stamp of approval (laughs) before we had any gay writers
0: that's right so we'd be like
1: and Jesse would go gay. Approved! <laughs> <laughs> and there was a little stamping motion with your hand. Approved! Yeah,
0: approved. They got Ramona it was over like, stamped, are you yeah. are allowed to
1: say, you know, some gay <laughs> yeah. slur? and I was like, like
0: get some gay riders in here. And they, they did. They yes. And they really,
1: really <laughs> they did. They really did. <laughs> are you going to do TV again?
0: Um, I really, really like the schedule. Modern Family shot... Um, we were very, very lucky. We, we had very yeah. short days. They started it early sometimes, but th- there were days where... I don't know if this happened as much for you, but like I would show up to work, you know, at six or six thirty in the morning. I'd only have a few scenes to shoot, and I'd be driving home in morning rush hour traffic. So I right. would have the whole day yeah. ahead of me to do whatever I wanted. I don't think that would happen again. I, yeah. don't, I think we just got very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I do like that long form of storytelling. What I don't like is characters, especially characters on, on sitcoms. The audiences don't want growth. Yeah, you don't want to see. Monica Geller not be neurotic. You don't want to see Rachel not be, you know, wacky. And you don't want to see Claire not be um, micromanaging. That's a drawback for me for TV. I feel like there's not, and maybe not all TV, I'm watching, you know, some of these longer form dramas and I do find that they allow these characters, especially if it's serialized, serialized, I can...
1: Well, serialized is when the story is drawn out over many, many... Episodic is like when they alone when there's are standalones, more like uh, SVU,
0: gotcha. Yeah, 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 you know,
1: like you can watch them in any order and no yeah. one cares, right? Because no one's no one's growing.
0: But Breaking Bad is a perfect example, like, Breaking Bad amazing, is amazing, amazing character growth. Those people are not the same people they were in episode one. Like, that's what I'm hungry for if I'm going to do something again.
1: I know, but do you feel like we're in the um, comedy box?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't Absolutely. understand how I got
1: in the comedy box. I used to be the crier,
0: yeah. The, I, mean, did I it was good. like
1: a good, solid crier. You're
0: always remembered for your last job though.
1: I know. And now
0: you're the, the mom I know. who has like, Pratt Falls.
1: The mom who what?
0: Does Pratt Falls.
1: Does Pratt Falls, that's right. I'm the I'm the falling mom. And, <laughs> and you. I don't know how you get out of that. I don't either. I, don't.
0: I mean, you know, for me, like doing Take Me Out was a step in that direction, yeah. but so many people like, you know, Take Me Out was this play I did on Broadway, and I had, it had a lot of humor. It had a lot of pathos. I got to sort of show my entire toolbox, and yet a well, lot of you my— didn't show his tool. I didn't show my tool. A lot like of the, the other actors, of the actors were naked, did. is what Julie's referring not to. Not
1: the point <laughs> of the show, but it's hard to ignore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even close friends of mine after, uh, you know, when they t- stay back and say hello to me after the show, they'd say, oh, you were so funny. And it kind of, like, broke my heart that they, like, that's what they led with. So even in an opportunity where I could show a lot of things, like, they led with, oh, you were funny. Yeah. And yes, I was, but I was other things. I don't know. I I kind of... I had a moment where I was like, oh, it's gonna take me a really long time to crawl out from under the character that I was so lucky to do for 11 years, but I'm sure you must feel the same way.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I always was like, I always felt so lucky to have that job, and when we would get into things like negotiations and money, and I would feel like, oh my God, I can't ask for more money, this is just a great job. But I don't know who pointed it out to me, but an agent or Somebody, they're buying the the next 10 years from you, not just from work, but you have to dig out from being Claire. That's you're Claire. Right. For the rest you of your life. You won't be able to work a great point. for a little while as something that where people don't say, oh, you're Claire. So you should be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were. I don't know. I... I mean, maybe if I get, I was thinking about getting arrested, maybe. It's like some (laughs) scandal. (laughs) No one's going to, no one gets hurt. No. No one gets pregnant. We just, a light arresting situation. Who would have gotten
0: pregnant in (laughs) this situation?
1: But... No, I think that that would be. I don't know how you turn that around. That or you sort of have to recast yourself. Yeah. I'm like, but really, my kids don't take up that much of my time anymore the way they did when they were little. Right. Like they don't need me twenty four seven, and they in fact ignore me when they're around. <laughs> so I could be writing, producing, and directing myself naked, but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to.
0: But also, when I, I hear people who do that, I'm like, that sounds amazing, and also just seems like an, an unclimbable mountain. Yeah, it just seems like it's so much because I mean there were days when we would be on set of Modern Family and I was like I'm so grateful that someone else is here to tell me what to do because I don't have the capacity to do that.
1: Oh, excuse me. Thank I'm you. Okay, this one is the chia. Yes. Wow. wow. Is delicious as uh, almonds, a little honey, these berries. I put in two bowls on the side. Lemonade. Thank you. Thank you. Really good. Wow, that is really beautiful. And are you ready by the order? Any questions by the um, news? My dreams? What are you
0: getting? I think I'm going to do the. I kind of want the kimchi fried rice. I know that's what you're most famous for, right? It's
1: is really delicious.
0: I don't know if I've ever had it. Kimchi fried
1: rice is, making, is
0: prepared for seven days. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Starting this, now?
1: It started, it started, <laughs> no, this is started by the kimchi, it's started by seven days and uh and the peanut butter. Oh, the, and kimchi, the, kimchi, the kimchi, right. yes, okay. I was trying to yeah. think of what it would be good. It's really delicious, really famous.
0: I think I'm going to try it, I'm going okay. to do it, yeah. What do you like?
1: Could good? I get the vegetable frittata, please? Okay. Thank you. Do you have something, one appetizer? Mm, no, I'm going to have no, some of this so chia that. seed. Okay, chia seed. I'm going to have a seed. We have one a chia, we have a kimchi fried rice, and one afri Thank, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you.
0: What you were just talking about. Would you like, fuck him? What's that? Julie. What <laughs> you have a podcast. Don't you feel like everything that you say is absolutely going to be heard by thousands and thousands of people? No,
1: because you're going to edit it <laughs> out. So that's a yes. You would
0: fuck him. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I would love to talk about you directing because you were mm. a brilliant director on the show, oh. and you were the only cast member to direct an episode of *Modern She's Family*. insane. I, I always uh, kind of assumed that as a director, you were the peak, you were the, mm. the apex, and like no. everything kind of revolved around your decisions. And you, you can't, it, that can't be possible because you don't know like all the the ins and outs of what a grip does, or what a lighting person does, or you know what the DP does. So like, it is a communal effort, and I don't know. I just I felt like after watching. You direct i was like okay like i i've been in this business long enough that i can figure it out i, I think, might yeah. not be great at it but i could no, but get to the end of the shoot
1: and also there's an aspect of consistency when you're directing episodic you know you're hopping on hopping off you're not going to suddenly go like this is going to be a really moody episode right of, let's get the smoke in here like <laughs> right right, the right, modern right families like black and white in a bar right <laughs> um so you you know you some of the aspects are not flexible and you can fully hand that over, and that's actually a relief. Yeah. But then that's also, creatively, you get less there. I always wanted to write, that's what I want to do. But I'm terrified of it. Why? Because it's fucking hard.
0: Yeah, it's a lonely experience. It's like the
1: hardest thing. I think it's the hardest thing.
0: I wrote a cookbook and I had a writing partner and that was so incredibly hard. (laughs) And you just, and you know, half of that's just like (laughs) developing recipes and like, you know, it's not even writing, it's just like figuring out if something tastes good. And you
1: actually had to write in that, too.
0: I did. You know you have to write these introductions to the recipes and sort of explain what they mean. And, you know, there are certain recipes that's like, oh, I got nothing for this one. I don't know. It's just a yummy recipe. Can it just be a yummy soup? Can, that, can it just be Does that?
1: It, is there ever, have cookbooks always had, like, a story to them? Or what, I think like?
0: the good ones do, yeah, certainly.
1: I think that writing, I had a lot of respect for all of our modern family writers. Enormous respect, even when there were times when over 11 years, you know, you have your moments with people that are good Mm -hmm. and bad, but I always thought they were all smart. That seemed to me like the biggest arena to play in. Like I would see some of our writers direct and I always thought you're not using your brain when you're directing nearly to the extent that you're using your brain when you're writing. You're You're kind of using your management skills when Mm -hmm. you're directing. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I always admire people who couldn't use their brains.
0: If you were to write something, like, what would it be? Like a script or a, a book or a <laughs> it <would be>
1: memoir? <laughs> it would just be a list. It would be a to-do list. <laughs> See, I feel
0: like you'd be very good at a to-do list.
1: I would do just a you book are of to-do You great organizational list. skills. I'm really fine at my to-do list. And each day you'd realize it would be a, a tale that's told through to-do lists as you realize that certain things keep repeating and others are falling yeah, off. Yeah, 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 it's a yeah, mystery. Yeah. I wrote a script. It sat in the drawer for, I wrote it right before Modern Family. Oh, really? But I would never admit it. I guess
0: I'm too scared. This is the first I've heard of it.
1: Yeah, I've never talked about it. But I pulled it out of the drawer, and I'm not kidding you, three days ago. Turns out chunks of it are missing. I don't know where. (laughs) And I'm like...
0: (laughs) Like pages, it goes like 42 to 56? And
1: I was like, I don't even have Final Draft anymore, the software you need for this stuff. Uh I had to download Final Draft. I upload this file. (laughs) Find the floppy disk. Where is the end? (laughs) <laughs> like, I know what I wrote in it. And so it has a lot of work to be done on it. But it's very, very dark. I mean, back to your point, like how do you break out of the, the comedy box? This is like an incredibly dark story about a woman who um who is completely suicidal but has this like agreement with herself that she will not kill herself when she has anything left to do on oh, like, how interesting. No collateral damage. like. Every receipt has to be filed. There can be no garbage left behind. There's no books left. She said she wants to disappear like a light goes out. Just click, and she find that's the day she figures it out. It's that day, and she's like, oh, it's today, and that's when you open on her. And then she goes and throws up, and you, she realizes she's pregnant. So she uh, can't kill herself.
0: I was just gonna ask if she had kids.
1: No, now she. Well, yeah. she couldn't No, if she had kids. She couldn't kill herself.
0: And it's a movie, or is it? A TV it's a series? movie. Yeah.
1: It's lighthearted. No, it's actually uh, sort of funny. But, yeah, I was like, that's dark. No one no Well, at one, that
0: point in your life, you had just come off of what? Doing lost and... I mean, you were doing, doing darker right. things at that point.
1: Mm, yeah, Boston Legal.
0: Boston Legal. I was just not dark. But, you know, it's not a half-hour situational comedy where no, you're falls lot. No, I don't think I could, write, I could write a
1: half-hour situational comedy. I could never do that. I don't know any, how anybody writes that. And... Although I do like the idea of a of writer's room. yeah, That sounds like what we would have on set. Yeah. It was like a, a little, like a camaraderie.
0: Yeah, it was like our hair and makeup trailer. Like we, That's where we would all hang out. Like we'd joke with one another and make each other laugh. And that's, you know. What... I miss that. Yeah, me I too. I do miss
1: that. It gets very isolating. We, and then we went right into COVID.
0: Right. So how was ending the show for you? I mean, I, I know I was there and we were all very Emotional, you know, when they're you're doing the last shot and you're putting off the last shot and then uh-huh. they slowly start wrapping the characters one by one, like that's a wrap uh. on Aubrey Anderson-Emmons. And they started with the youngest kids and went, went all the way to Ed was the last one. Uh. And you felt like you knew when your number was coming up and when they were going to wrap you. And it was just incredibly sad and emotional. And, um, you know, we were... Sophie was drinking tequila, you know. uh, Crew members were singing songs. Crew members were singing songs. We had a lot of our our spouses. My my husband came. Uh Uh, He was there. My kids were there. Your kids were there. Like, you know, family came around. It was almost like they were there to, like, be a part of a funeral. And it was really emotional. I also found myself being very protective that day because I could not process the end of this 11 years in that moment with all this pomp and circumstance around as well.
1: Yeah. Do you remember what that day was like for you? I remember getting in trouble with the director, Gail, because when we were in the big huddle hug, I was crying so loud that it was that ruined (laughs) the take and we had to do it again. And I but I just had this feeling like with any super emotional situation like that, I was like, I got to get out of here. That's how I felt. I need to go. And I thought and it's okay because we're all going to see each other because we knew that we had a bunch of press to do over the spring, and we had the you know the rollout of the final episode, yep. and there was a documentary, and all this stuff. And then nobody told us that the world would stop and we'd be locked in our houses. Right. So, I mean, I've done a lot of therapy over there. There was a lot of loss at once. The loss yeah. of the daily interaction. I, I had gotten divorced in year eight, maybe, mm-hmm. or nine. I've lost track of time. There was a lot to process about, like, you know, going at a hundred miles an hour for 11 years. And then all of a sudden pulling up short, not seeing anybody at all and going, wait a minute. And I got divorced somewhere in there. Like there was right. a lot to process. It was yeah. a lot of like, oh, my life is in a very different place than it was 11 years ago when we started this.
0: Sure. And then loss of freedom on top of that with COVID.
1: With COVID. And then you're know, going, wait, we're not going to see each other. We literally aren't going to see each other. We saw each other on Zooms.
0: Yeah, I remember the next time I saw everyone was like, uh, we did like a Jimmy Kimmel or something and we Zoom. all were on our Zoom in our, in our own little boxes.
1: So fucked up. And that was, yeah, that was really depressing. And I think that I would love to have that back more than anything. That spring back where we could have all seen each other. Yeah, like, Normalized, that time. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, that went right, in, right into feeling like a lot of loss. Um, yeah. It felt really profound uh, for me.
0: No, me too. I mean, it, that, that, that sums up exactly how I was feeling. Also, you know, I, I was in New York meant to start another job, and that that, that I know, went away. That ended. And, and then, um you know, I was, I, I was all of a sudden a dad. It's like this like this like kind of last few months of like me just being married to my husband without kids, yeah. was suddenly taken away too, and it was in a lot of ways great because we got to focus on just being together and spend those early months with with Beckett. But you know, I also really longed for that last those last moments of freedom
1: right. <laughs> Right, and you, you were yeah, you were do going in a very like almost the opposite direction me, because you were starting to make your life was getting bigger and bigger, like you were literally adding people to yeah. it. and I was watching as my kids were getting more and more independent, which is great. That's what you want from them. but you right. also like, and that continues to be really hard. I love my boys so much, but they are the worst dates I've ever had. They're like <laughs> boyfriends I don't know how to break up with ever. they are. You know, they come to the table. You wake them up for, in the morning, like, what? Like, wildly offended by having to be woken up. Make them breakfast, like, ugh. And then they leave, and they're on their phones, and they just grump out the door, and that's that's this it. This what and I then have to look forward to. They come home at night, maybe tonight. It's different every night, but I think it's 6.30 or 7 tonight. Me? Heavens, look at that. When they stop. Uh, you. With the uh-huh. it's really delicious.
0: See, oh, you know, like that's, that's what I had when I came to Justin. I mean, See, look at this. Famous. Thank you. Rice. Famous. That's it's
1: famous. famous. Okay. He didn't say that about I mean, mine. Okay by the it it's chia? delicious. So good. Did did my frittata start seven days ago? <laughs> no. <this laughs> oh, one is God. Of <laughs> minutes, uh, Can you imagine? This, trust me, when you're tasting a uh, fried rice, you
0: give me mm. one. A give me one, give me one word. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do it right now. This is right okay,
1: the the, wait, I wanna hear the one word.
0: Okay. Oh, very layered. <laughs> layered? layered? Uh huh.
1: What does that mean? It
0: means you could, t- you could taste all like those.
1: Oh, the flavor. The
0: seven days. You taste the seven days. You
1: taste every day. You're like, ooh, that's yeah. Saturday. That's Saturday. Oh,
0: Monday's hitting me. I'm getting
1: a hint of Thursday as I exhale.
0: It's very good.
1: Mm.
0: Now for a quick break. Next up, Julie and I talk about life after divorce and how her sons have responded in a very unique way to sex education. Okay, BRB.
1: Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like... NFL legend, Drew Brees, singer-songwriter, Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor, Savannah Guthrie, as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. We're back with Julie Bowen. We're catching up on co-parenting her three sons, and she lays out her ideal man very specifically.
1: What's the the like, ages are now 15? 13 and 13.
0: 13, 13, and, and then... Oliver's 15. 15, yeah. So that this is what I have to look forward to. Yeah. But also, what was I going to ask? I had a question, and I can't are remember Are they what having it was. sex? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's what it was. Do I
1: buy them condoms? Yes. Yes. Is my oh. house filled with condoms like a like some sort of condom machine, yes, oh my yes. They had friends over, they had a oh. sleepover one night. I went to bed because so I was like, I'm pretty strict and they know what my rules are and I trust that they're going to follow them for the most part. So they're not going to leave the property and they can't turn on music outside after 10 p.m. because uh, of the neighbors yeah. or whatever. So what, they're just going to like go down, they, I've got this pool house, they're going to crank horrible rap music down there that is like so offensive, makes your ears bleed. And just be jackasses. I get up the next morning and there's like, there's just crap everywhere, like piles of like melted sort of like shaving cream or something. I was like, what is this? They had taken all the condoms and filled them with shaving cream and water and had a like water balloon balloon fight fight with condoms.
0: Inside the guest house?
1: Everywhere. Everywhere, all over the house, everywhere. No. Yeah, that's what they did with the condoms. So no, they're not having sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the condoms are being used. They're being used... God. Condoms are used for fun in lots of ways, you know? It's just the way it is. I
1: thought that was a little bit of a <laughs> I might have been a poor poor use of condom time.
0: You don't have to talk about this if you don't want, but like how has it been co-parenting and like having two different sets of rules and homes and the
1: one good thing for me about divorce now and the and the back and forth with the kids. I don't miss them as much because they're not, they don't need me as much. Like, and we talk all the time, they have phones now. You get so invested in your kids and they become so, they became so central to my life and my well-being. And you, you know, they're all the old adages about you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. Mm. And it's all true. Like you've got one that's having a bad day. It, it's a bad day. Yeah. Knowing what it's like not having them 50% of the time, I know I'm not going to freak out and and melt down about being an empty nester. And I have friends whose kids are starting now to go off to college, and they're like, what do I do with myself? And I'm like... Well, you start by cleaning. <laughs> yeah. And you, you definitely clean. Organize and clean. And, but then you have to have other things in your life, and that is one of the few gifts of divorce that you learn yeah. that when you don't have your kids, what exactly what it's going to be like. Yeah. And there are times when it's, like, so quiet that it's freaky. Mm-hmm. But then I, sometimes you've I got to pull an old script out, blow the dust off, realize that you're yeah. missing half of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of empty nesting, too, like, I mean, okay, so your oldest is going to be... Away. Oh, he's turning
1: 16 That's, in April.
0: So college is not
1: that no, it's not far, that far.
0: I know you have your, your, your work wives, as mm-hmm. you call them, mm-hmm. like these amazing people who are sort of like around you a lot and help you with, with things and are producing things with you and these fabulous, brilliant women. Do you see yourself dating again? Or having that, like a, a relationship with someone who like you share space with?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I want to date. So, I don't like those dudes that are like in suits and like they're flexing and they, I don't know. I'm not into it.
0: Like people with real jobs, basically.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm making my life impossible because I don't want to date somebody with a real job, but I don't want somebody who doesn't work. Right. But like,
0: and dating people within this industry <clears> is hard. <throat> But then yet yeah, they understand it. You, like, you
1: kind of want like a guy who started a tech company in the '90s and sold it when he was really young, mm-hmm. or like early 2000s, and now and he's it's just, just kind of
0: coasting, having he, fun.
1: But he's really interested in like philanthropy and carpentry. Maybe okay. he like makes tables and gives away money.
0: God, this is specific, and I love it.
1: I know, but that's like he, he has an artistic side and also gives a shit. I can't stand people that are cashing in and just partying.
0: Let's sign you up for an app right now. Well, we, have uh, the, we have the profile. Uh, <laughs>
1: looking for <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you have to be
1: um successful but it needs to be in the rear view mirror because my schedule's weird yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to you know make tables on my time <laughs> but, but but he cares very much and he started like a a charity for armless kids to make tables too <laughs> i don't know, just something something meaningful <laughs> or a writer. It's
0: good to come into a relationship with just being really low-maintenance. Like, I don't expect a lot, just these things.
1: I like smart people. I know that. I, I like You're people. not a
0: fool for, for dummies. Oh, I am.
1: Please, look at my dating track record. <laughs> oh, my God. I have dated...
0: I, I found that everyone you, all the people I know who you've dated have, yeah. are very funny and very smart. Yes. There's probably people you're keeping from but boy, me.
1: Boy, there are some yeah stinkers in the past, in the deep, in the deep past. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I've dated. Yeah. I've gone on dates. Yeah, and I know stuff, about some of them. But yeah. nobody's like stuck. Sure. Really, in a way, and it's hard because I feel like I'm I'm running a cruise ship of mm-hmm. people and children and and business and work and like yeah, it's like a it literally like a clown show of a cruise ship and I'm not taking on more passengers.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: But if somebody has something they want to contribute or be alongside of, I'm not opposed to that. I would love a partner. I think a partner sounds great. Yeah. Uh, But a companion, I don't need.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, like just somebody who's along for the ride and it's like, well, it's your crazy world, that doesn't feel quite right to me.
0: You want a travel companion.
1: No, I don't want a fucking traveling companion. Somebody that, like, that no. was always
0: like code for lesbian, like back in like the 50s. Oh, Oh, this traveling? is, you know, Eleanor like tra- Roosevelt and her travel companion, <laughs> Amelia Earhart. Like, her, dear,
1: <laughs> her dear, dear friend. They loved to travel <laughs> to Fire travel Island. They just traveled together. <laughs> they would only travel to lesbian hotspots. Yeah, I don't want a companion. Yeah. I want. I love a partner. I don't know where, what that looks like. Why do you have somebody to set me up?
0: You only know. Gay. I mean, you're, you, you've asked me before. To set you up? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy though when we first met i was completely single
1: yeah you sure were completely single like so single so single like apps single
0: kind of but not really because grinder had just come out and i thought it really was just i was so innocent i really thought it was just like you know another like facebook and what came yes, back see, at me was shocking
1: all, all i was like the, oh
0: what's all this
1: what are all these what are all penises? these things well, and then you extrapolate out and 13 years later, you're going to play with nothing but Dick. That's right. No, but it was a good play. It was such a good play. It was a very There was good other things besides Dick. There were other Dick things besides Dick. Out, yes. There was pathos and there was learnings. <laughs> there was a lot. But I don't know that I would have picked, like if I had to set you up with somebody years ago, I don't know that I would have had the wherewithal to pick Justin out of a lineup. Yeah. I think I would have picked for you and Justin's perfect for you and I adore him. But I think... Back when I met you, I, I thought you would needed somebody who was more, I don't know, sort of like a lawyer. Well, well Justin's a lawyer, lawyer. But, but he's also 10 a,
0: years younger, right, you know, barely out of a law like school when an I An older
1: kind of lawyer, and yet Justin makes you light and filled with life, and, um, and you're ancient, and he's so young. So, so true, no. it's so
0: true. <laughs> Justin was working on the marriage equality yes. case on Proposition 8. He was working for the, the non-profit that funded the case right. and so he had watched an episode of Modern Family uh, because his friends told him to watch it and he was in law school, he didn't really have time, but they're like I think this is actually going to be a really great thing for just yeah, you know, the pop cultural touchstone of like what this whole marriage equality—it was good thing. for the gays. It was good for the gays, and so he saw me at the gym in the locker room. We were both clothed, and he just came out. Why me do and you said, need to say
1: you were both? Because woke. I
0: feel like that's necessary. Because when you hear the locker room, they you know think steam room.
1: He told me a different story.
0: Tell me what he told you. You
1: were working out on like a machine. Nope. Really?
0: Lies. It was in the locker room.
1: So interesting. I wonder if you were—you must have been naked then, and he wanted to protect you from. I
0: w- promise you, I wasn't naked. I would not have had the courage to have a conversation wait, with him. Wait, hang I didn't on, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, back up. Did you, one of you see the other previous to that first engagement walking by? No, walking by, the other working out. Did you see him when you were on a machine walking by? I did not by? see him. Did he see you? Maybe. I thought I you had seen you know, him and thought he was cute. I was very
0: recognizable and very famous at the time. He probably did see me.
1: You are very famous <laughs> with red hair. And Justin's very good looking. Very good looking. He's very good looking. Your children are But that was the looking. thing when he
0: started talking to me. I was like, oh, you're a hottie. Like, what's your name? How old are you? I, like, I got the, the, the details.
1: You did a Julie. I did a Julie. See, uh-huh. it's not so bad to ask questions, no. Jesse. Sometimes you just have to ask. Them. <laughs> um, but then you started dating right away. Well,
0: then I asked him out, and he had a boyfriend at the time. So oh, he I said don't we can go. That. You don't know this. He said we can go out as friends, and I said, <laughs> and I told him I have enough friends. And I, I, I turned down the opportunity to have a drink with him. Because I've been out on enough of those like ambiguous dates with someone where like, is it a date? Is it not a date? Is like this going prep anywhere? Like those Commercials? Exactly, like those prep you know, those commercials. Those prep
1: commercials are so, I could watch them all day long. There's so much going on in there. There's people making eyes at they're one another. Layered. and yeah. very layered. Yeah. There's a lot that's as lot layered of subtext. as a kimchi. A lot,
0: it's most subtext <laughs> commercials. They are, very layered, just like this kimchi, yes. you just like, guys, they're like, uh,
1: maybe they're getting on the train to go together, but maybe they're not, and they have a lot yeah. of making eyes.
0: No, they're truly, like, they they broke those stories. Like, they broke <laughs> they episodes of television. Break, they had a
1: mini room. Yeah, 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 they had yeah, to yeah. break these stories. Storyboards.
0: So I said no to drinks with him. And then I went away to do work in New York that summer. It was the year I did um, Merchant of Venice and uh, The Winter's Tale. Yes. With Al Pacino. Yes. Remember? And I name-dropped him a lot. <laughs>
1: We all remember. We remember that was the year you did Shakespeare in the Park. <laughs> oh, it I wasn't the year that you came back with a funny accent. That no,
0: that was the year I came back with a funny accent because I was inspired by Al Pacino, and so I did my first day on set of Modern Family. I was like, I'm gonna like really dig into this role. You know, like kind of the way that Al tax, tackles a role, Shylock and Merchant of Venice, and like after like take one, I don't know if I remember who I think Steve was directing. He's like, um, so let's take all that down. <laughs> let's take all that down.
1: What? No. What was the year you came back and did? Um, what's it called? Oh, what, a fully what, committed. Mont. No, Monty Python at. Oh, the, Spamalot. Spamalot that year you'd done something previous to that in New York, probably theater somewhere uh-huh. in New York, and you came back and I remember seeing you in Lot and going, why is he talking different? Oh. <laughs> What's going on? With,
0: why I was is, doing a British accent. No, for no, no! Laugh. It
1: was, it was. But then you had this different sort of like cadence on set too for a while, and I was like,
0: Oh, how? What,
1: what happened this summer? It wasn't I was doing like, like
0: my my later technique or something.
1: I don't know. It was a lot of. There was a. Your jaw was very. I was
0: like a, doing a mid-Atlantic like, I, Catherine Hepburn.
1: <laughs> you kept saying "yar." I you just kept saying that boat is so I yar. I like
0: Cate with every <laughs> English accent. Do you remember? The year, so we, when we shot an episode of Modern Family mm-hmm. in Australia. Yes. And we all came back together on this, I think the same flight. Or you might have gone, you might no, have gone back earlier. No, I had to come back early. Earlier. Why? Because I had children. That's right. You came That's back right. earlier. But on our flight back, it was right before the Oscars, the year of Blue Jasmine. <gasps> and Kate Blanchett was on our flight no. in our cabin with us. No. It was just us, like all the Modern Family people and Kate, And she could not have been nicer. And all I remember, she had one of those sheet masks on. And she offered me one as well. I was like, what's, I just, I just asked her about it. And later I found out, like I, I drove by an ad and she's like actually the spokesperson for right. this company. Right. So she had an extra sheet mask and she gave it to me. And I held on to it for so long because I didn't want to use my Cape Blanchett sheet mask that by the time I finally opened it, it had completely dried out.
1: <laughs> That's like my Timothy Leary acid. I, in college, somebody had a sugar cube of acid that supposedly had come from Timothy Leary Uh and it sat on the mantelpiece. It was college. It was chaotic. And I, by the way, I've still never done acid to this day. And it sat there on the mantle like for years, like one day we will eat the (laughs) Timothy Leary acid. And then there was a party at the house and it was gone.
0: Someone did the acid. Someone put, on, someone a, someone
1: put on a Kate Blanchet sheet mask, dropped a tab, and went <laughs> nuts. <laughs> do you find... You used to play straight roles.
0: I, I had the, the opportunity to play straight roles, and I did play some of them, yeah. And up until, like, right before Modern Family.
1: And now, do you find that that door is more closed?
0: Uh, Yeah, in fact, I, I know it is. I, uh, a mutual friend of ours, we can sidebar about it later, but... Uh, there's a roll-up for a TV show that she writes on, and she said, "You know, they they might go with this straight actor instead." And I said, "Well, I can play straight," and it was like kind of like a non-starter. It was like, mm, "No, not right now." It's
1: interesting though because I always I feel like representation is meant to be lifting up the voices, careers, opportunities for people who haven't had them, mm-hmm. right? Yes, so that's a big part So not I guess. so. How are we helping? Like it would if if the role is for a white man who cares if it's a gay or straight white man as long as you, right. he's playing right that like you know it's, it's, it's again, no one's it's, losing it it's, it's
0: th- the same thing we we're just talking about like crawling out from under these characters yeah. like when you've been in so many people's living rooms yeah. as this character yeah. married to this man or you know playing that 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 mother who you know is married to phil like it's it's that's all people will see mm-hmm. i mean there have been moments where eric and i eric stonestreet who played cam he, when he came to see the play, for example, we walked out the stage door together, and people, they could not believe what was happening. Like, I've walked out of that stage door hundreds of other times without him, and it was like, people were excited. Yeah, you were great in the play, but like, for some reason, the two of us walking out together, people could not believe that we were actually standing there together. It was like they were having an out-of-body experience.
1: So you're saying we're having a reboot?
0: We're doing a reboot.
1: We're doing a reboot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's that thing. It's like they really, they associate me with that character so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know if you remember the story. But we were once in an airport together. I don't remember where we were going. And Modern Family is kind of at its peak.
1: Yeah, I remember And this. you can
0: get away with things because if you're wearing a hat, if you're wearing your glasses, no if you makeup, don't have makeup and on. And I'm
1: dressed like a schlub like I usually Like am. you
0: normally are. Not today. You look very nice today.
1: I get dressed today. I thought, you know, I thought I'd class up the joint. But I don't have
0: to do, I, if I don't I look like myself when all I roll out of bed.
1: Yes, which is good and bad.
0: We got chased to an airport <laughs> and someone handed you their phone to yes. take a photo of, of me and them together. Of, of they, you. Yeah, of me with this yes, person that chasing
1: person. me. They wanted me just to hold the phone.
0: And they did not know who you were?
1: It happens all the time. It happens all the time. It, and, and I could not be, more fine with it I think my kids are now the age where they find it very confusing they're like don't you think it's weird that like those people freaked out that you walked in and those people don't know anything about I'm like I don't find that weird at all it's yeah. always been that way yeah. for me it's usually if I open my fat yap and they hear this like the sound of of cardboard ripping <laughs> that is my voice then someone goes I thought it was you. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be sure, but that voice. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I still, I would I would do it all again Yeah. right now in a heartbeat.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, yeah, knowing, being on the other side of it, just like how much you gained from it, how much you lost from it, as far as opportunity, because I think we all mm. will lose opportunity. Um, and they always do call it, you know, the, the double-edged sword. But... I agree with you, I don't think I would ever, I wouldn't change a single thing.
1: No, um, I, I wouldn't. The
0: experience itself was too profound. But I'm excited to see what you do next. Like, I know you're doing really exciting things. I love your podcast. Like, I love the stuff that you're talking about producing. I love this idea for the screenplay. Like, I just, I'm, I'm <laughs> it's now a screenplay by the Oh yeah, it was a screenplay, it's screenplay.
1: before. It's a screenplay. It is a partially finished and, and missing chunks script, but yes, it is now, it's, it's on the blacklist. <laughs> it's one of the finest screenplays <laughs> that has ever been produced. <laughs> uh yeah no we're we're not i don't think we're done i think though that, that well this what can't happened, be it
0: this what, podcast can't be it for me but
1: what happened when we were on that show like literally i listened to a lot of i listened to the town and the business and they do they like, deep dives into the television and movie industry and while we were busy making money and having fun everything changed the yeah. entire industry changed out from underneath That's us. Right. There is never going to be another Modern Family or Big Bang Theory or something that goes for years and years and then gets syndicated mm-hmm. because of the way streaming is set up. Right. We got lucky because we came in at the beginning of that and then we got fucked in the end because all of that It those, all was
0: changing. It was definitely it. a different field. I mean, I felt like when we came out of Those 11 years, and granted, we came out and then we're in a pandemic. So, even more so, you know, a few years later, but like I felt like I was coming out of a bunker. Like, what is this new world? What is this landscape? Like,
1: where you do maybe you get a six episode pickup. Which um, I'm
0: fine with actually right right. now. Like, I kind of like the idea of doing something shorter that I really enjoy and that has like an arc. And, you know, we'll see. I don't know.
1: Whatever. Do you want to play a a pregnant suicidal girl? Got a role for you.
0: I do. I do. I I'll love take you, Jesse. it.
1: Jesse, I love that you are doing this because it gave me an opportunity to come and sit and talk to you. Even though it's a little unfair that I have Gestapo lighting in my I, face, I know, you know what you and do. you're like backlit, like Theo and um, Vincent, I know. like I just some red hair sticking up. Well, I love you.
0: Well, thanks for coming and doing this, and for having dinner. And don't worry about the bill. Dinner's really? on I me. Have- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before you go, I just want to say how much I enjoyed that conversation. Julie and I have had this really foundational experience being on a show for 11 seasons together, and now we're both kind of finding our footing, figuring out who we are without Mitchell and Claire. Okay. Yeah, that sounded pretty sappy. Um, Also, please let us know if you are a hot, retired tech guy who enjoys woodworking and helping armless children build tables. So, you know, listen, I'm just here to help. Oh, and by the way, the next episode of Dinners on Me is out right now. Join me as I chat about father-son relationships, humiliating early career stories, and of course, take me out with my Broadway co-star, Jesse Williams. Dinners on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and A Kid Named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly, it's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hansdale Dale Shi composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.